Hello, my name is Matthew Pfeiffer. Welcome to the Matt Pfeiffer Experience. We have an excellent show for you today. I have on a very special guest. Her name is Elizabeth Overstreet. She is an author. She is a content creator. She is a relationship strategist. And we're going to be talking about dating. We're going to be talking about relationships, how to build a healthy relationship, some of the things that maybe you see on social media that aren't necessarily healthy, aren't necessarily beneficial in terms of the type of person that you are looking for. And also, we're going to be talking a lot about self-love. You guys know that that is one of my favorite subjects to talk about is loving yourself. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and get this show started. All right, welcome back to the Matt Pfeiffer Experience. We have Elizabeth Overstreet out of Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, Elizabeth, thank you. Welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and, uh, and, and first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for handing us a bit of your time. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show, first of all. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a mutual admirer of yours and the work that you are doing, and I know that we share some things in common, so I really can't wait to talk to you and your audience more about these subject matters. Um, but I'm a relationship coach, and I often refer to myself as a relationship strategist, and the reason I do is because I do think you have to be intentional with your relationships. They're not just happenstance. I, I think that work goes into it, and the other thing is I really try to gear people away from the complexity of all the noise that people talk about around relationships. So I hate fluffy theories and I really try to give people practical things that work in relationships, but I love the work itself. I love seeing people in love and connecting to each other in the right way. So it's just, it's, it's the best, um, most pur purposeful work I've you know been able to do in my life. You know, absolutely. And I agree 100%. You said something that I talk to people about all the time and I also use it in my personal life in terms of being very intentional about things. One of the things I, I kind of bring up to people is that when we're talking about relationships, you know, as much as people struggle with relationships, I tell people that if we want to be in a healthy relationship, we absolutely can. If we're going to be intentional, if we begin to understand that that relationships are built, they're not just found, and we'll, we'll definitely talk about that a little bit. But what is what does it mean to be intentional about a relationship? You know, I think it's really interesting when we are, you know, pursuing a career endeavor or we're deciding, okay, I'm going to get a car, even like we could take it, make it that simple. We go through a ton of research. We go drive and test cars. We look at all the models. We look at where we can get the best deal. We learn it inside and out. But then when it comes to love, sometimes we just kind of fall into it and we hope that it will work. And, and I think that's a problem. And that's why we have problems because Naturally, we're humans, we're imperfect, and there's going to be some glitches along the way. But I do think if you start to develop self-awareness around the way you seek out people, the way you understand your, your relationship patterns, that's the only way really to curate, right, a healthy relationship. Yeah. So I think that same, I mean, we put so much energy into other things, but a relationship has such an impact on your life in so many ways. Um, so being yeah. intentional about it is so important. Why are we like that? Why do we just, like, when it comes to a relationship, why are we just kind of like, we think that we should just fall into it, fall into love, just bump into somebody? Or or our version of being intentional is to go online, right, swipe right 100 times, go on 
you know, 10 to 20 dates over the, over the course of a couple of weeks. And then the first person that we have quote unquote chemistry with, we think that's going to be our next husband or wife, even though we've been through that same exact pattern multiple to for different times over and over again, thinking that we're going to get to get a different result. And then we get the same result and then we're completely dis disappointed, devastated, like the world is going to end and we're never, ever going to meet anyone only to hop right back onto a dating app the very next day and do the same exact cycle over and over again. Like why, why do we people, why do people think that relationships are uh, easy to a point where we were not intentional or we don't think about the responsibility behind them? I think because it's almost subconsciously fed to us that way, right? So a lot of how we see relationships is based on what we hear from other people, from people who we view as celebrities. We lean into people who not sometimes are not experts in relationships, right? Or we, you know, we're in a society now where everything is so fast. Like we have Amazon. That wasn't fast enough. Now we have Amazon Prime, which is faster. And then you have, now you can get it within an hour or 30 minutes. So I think we're primed to think, you know, no pun intended, that we yep. can get to anything really quickly. And then now you have, you know, so many dating apps. So there's so much quantity. So in our minds, we're like, whoa, there's a ton of quantity out there. So if this doesn't work, I'll just go to the next thing, then the next thing, as opposed to kind of pausing and thinking through the process and thinking of love is more of a labored process, right? Mm -hmm. Figuring things out. So I, I and I feel like if you look at even TV shows, reality shows, they it seems like they're solving things in a half an hour or an hour or in the course of a movie. And that's just not real life. But I think yeah. unfortunately all of these things affect the way we view relationships. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. And 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 it's funny that you bring up uh movies and TV shows and comedians and I know we're talking before the show about how people will look at comedians and take something a bit from their stand-up and actually apply it to their everyday life as though that's not a joke or they're watching a movie. And they'll, you know, we'll say and we'll look at an action scene and we'll say, oh my God, that's fake. We'll see a scary scene like, oh my God, that's so fake. And then we'll see a love scene like, oh my God, I want that. I want that so bad. And do you feel like society, whether it be social media or the pressures that we get from other people, do you think that contributes to it or uh, do you think that really doesn't have anything to do with it? I think social media is like an edit element and I remember someone who I was friends with who was a photographer and you know and so he would always take these amazing pictures and I'd be like wow this couple because he would do weddings and special events I said this couple just looks like they are so in love and he said you know what as a photographer I've learned that oftentimes we're catching a moment in time of someone's life. We don't know what's happened two minutes before that, an hour before it, or after the picture. So I think social media has amped it up in a way and created this almost false competition around couples feeling like they're missing out or that they need to be operating a certain way. But the reality is we never know what's happening between two people. And you and I coach people, you've counseled people in your past as a, as a, you know, as a counselor as well. And so it's like, we see kind of the other side of things that nothing is ever a lot of times what it appears to be, right? There's yeah. always layers to relationships. That, I think that's really powerful. I think that's, that keeps people in relationships a lot longer, but uh, you know, because they're trying to keep up this image and this status and things of that nature. But I think that going back to what we were just talking about, that's also what has people rushing into relationships is trying to keep up with the image of everything. But the problem with that that I've seen, and I don't know if you've seen this as well, is that this false perception, like that photographer you were just talking about, capturing those moments 
we think that that's what the element of a relationship actually is when in reality one of the things I tell people is that the true test of a relationship is actually when you're in disagreement and when mm-hmm. things aren't going so well and that's actually the the true test on how functional your relationship actually is what are your thoughts on that and you know what are some things that you kind of tell your your people you work with and uh, and uh, your audience when it comes to those sorts of things. Yeah. So one thing I didn't share with you guys is like the reason I started doing this work is because I was horrible at having relationships. Um, and so selfishly, I wanted to be better at it. But also I was fortunate because I had observed my parents and grandparents who were in like multi-decade marriages. So within my family history and, 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 and you know, my genealogy, my parents were married 57 years, my grandparents 60 plus years, aunts and uncles 40 plus years. So I got to like observe a lot of things that I'm very fortunate to have seen. And what I learned is what you're, exactly what you're saying, Matt, like what keeps a couple together and what creates longevity in a, in a sign. And it's actually supported by research. The Gottman Institute studies this all the time and like millions of people, thousands, tens of thousands of couples. And what they found is couples who can like resolve their conflict in a way where they can soften the blow of a difficult Mm -hmm. conversation have a better chance of surviving the relationship. They watch couples and they've observed them and researched them. And if they can't get through the conflict, it's likely that that relationship won't last. And that feels so counterintuitive. But the other thing that I thought was interesting about their research, and I'm a nerd about data, guys, so sorry, I'm going to nerd you out just a little bit with a little data. Oh, no, I give, I give people data, too, so they're, they're used to it, so go for okay, it. Okay, good, good to know. They, you know, in the Gottman research, they were saying, like, only 31% of problems are solvable. That 69% are unsolvable. So, like, that means you're going to always have perpetual problems in your relationship. So, it's really being aligned with your core values, I feel, number one. Mm-hmm. But number two, like, how do you work through things? So, what that says to me is there's a lot of compromise. So, mm-hmm. just taking everything you said into, into consideration is being able to resolve through the conflict, is knowing when to stand down, is knowing how to stand down, but more importantly, how to communicate, you know, in yeah. those moments. One of my favorite things is that I talk to people a lot about acceptance, accepting people and accepting situations that some things are outside of your control and that's completely okay. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of these things that you're talking about that, that we have disagreements on. It, people, even in healthy relationships, might have a disagreement for days, weeks, or even months, but that false perception that we have of like what, what your photographer friend said is what keeps us thinking that our relationship should always be at a high level and should be yeah. this fantasy world all the time when in reality that's just not that's just not true. And I think like a, you know another thing I've observed and this look I'm a relationship coach but like you we step out of our relationship coach shoes and we're humans mm-hmm. like we yeah. we have our own relationship blind spots that we're always working on and so I it was funny I think the other thing that happens with a lot of couples is we start off really believing that people's intention is good in the beginning because we want to. But as the relationship matures, sometimes we are more so less believing the intention is good. So I'll use a really simple example. Um, My husband and I were on a trip and he was driving, he was trying to park, we just got our food. And all of a sudden I felt like a, a strong stop. So in my mind, I'm like, whoa, what's happening? It was really interesting. My mind was like, why is he kinda, I'm trying to eat. Why is he making this difficult for me? I looked over he was trying to find the right parking spot so we were sitting in the shade. So mm-hmm. it's like sometimes just ex- like really leaning into 
not assuming, accepting people for who they are, but also just paying attention and looking yeah. and saying, oh, wait, maybe my, my significant other isn't really trying to do this to totally disrupt me or to make me upset. Maybe they have a reason they're doing it. And that's that understanding piece, right, mm-hmm. to bring yep. the relationship closer. Absolutely. It's not, uh, it's not always about you. And that's hard for people to, to fathom and that we have to give that person some leeway to, to, you know, to make their own decisions, to feel like they are an individual in this relationship, that sort of thing. Um, And, you know, with that, with that being said, one of the things that one of my favorite, favorite videos that you put out um, was about these expectations, because oftentimes we have some unrealistic expectations or some expectations that really just are meaningless when it comes to finding a good, healthy partner. I think you called it the rule of six or the, um, uh, I forgot what the, what the actual um, phrase was that you used, but I thought it was actually genius in terms of someone has to be six foot tall and make six figures, six foot, you know, six cylinder engine and that, those sorts of things. And you hear those, those sorts of things, but none of those really equate to a good, healthy relationship. Can you talk about that and kind of what that six, rule of six is and that sort of thing? Yeah, so basically what I was saying is like get off the shallow qualities and actually focus in on attributes. So a lot of, a lot of times you hear people say there's no good men or women out here because they're looking at really shallow or basic qualities. And what I mean by that is like, okay, how good do they look? And I know physicality is a part of it, but it's only one piece of it. Or they're like, what kind of job do they have? Or what's their economic situation? So sometimes people aren't looking beyond the attributes of like, you know, the things that are more the, I guess, the, the, the more basic things that can change over time as opposed to looking at, like, what's that person's value system when it comes to trust, loyalty, honesty, the way they communicate with you, the way they show up emotionally for you. So I was urging people to dig deeper beyond these six things of, like, the guy having a you know, six-figure income, having a nice car, um, is being six months since he was in a relationship, because those things aren't the things that are long-lasting. Those are things that can always change. But the more softer attributes, that's the core of who the person is, and that's what really builds the relationship. That's absolutely amazing. What, what would you say are some attributes that people need to look, look at or lean into in terms of, you know, because people are like, well, if I shouldn't be looking at those things, mm-hmm. then what should I be looking at? And because the, the opposite, you know, when I've told people this and when I've heard you know, uh, or read different things, the, the comments down below or whatever, if we're talking about social media, immediately is, well, then why should I settle, right? Mm-hmm. Why should I settle for someone who's less than six foot? Why should I settle? Uh, I'm a king. I'm a queen. Why should I settle for less than someone who makes this or makes that? Um, what are your thoughts on that? And, and if n- those aren't qualities that we should be looking for, what are the qualities that, that are things that we should be looking for? Yeah, look, I think there's value in in looking at people that are financially stable. That would be silly for me to sit here and say, oh, if he doesn't have a job or he's not working, go for that because he's an honest, compassionate guy. There's a balance, right? But what I think I'm saying, too, is that people get hung up in extremes of a person having certain attributes that are more tied to, like, the physical attributes or the sexual chemistry or, you know, what they look like on paper, I call it. But that those things can change, like observing the relationships I've seen of my parents, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles, 
they went through good times. They had some times where it's a struggle and you won't be able to lean into those things that are basic. But what you, what you, what you will be able to lean into is, can I trust this person? Can I build with this person? So sometimes it's, about, it's also about looking at what value that person adds in a different way. And that way you can, you know, you can grow together. I mean, yeah. it's not always about kind of where you start, but it's about the mindset of you working together. And there's a lot of power in that yeah. and a lot of influence. And, and there's a term, right? My husband always say it's iron sharpening iron. So like finding someone who's complimentary, someone who can offer other attributes that may not always look, you know, a certain way that we're just used yeah. to looking on paper, that still could be a powerful relationship where you could still grow financially, right? Yeah. You could still have some of those things, but I think people kind of lean towards the one sometimes, right, over yeah. over the other. Uh, one of the things that I don't think people think about is that for every give, there's a take. So oftentimes, if someone is making really good money, then guess what? They don't they have a whole lot stuff. of time. Yeah, they may not be available. They may yeah. not uh, have the time or the access to be able to travel as much. Just because they're making good money doesn't mean that they're they don't have a lot of debt or you know a lot of these other things. And um, but really, where I wanted to take this is that oftentimes we want certain attributes, and just like you mentioned, iron sharpens iron. And I'm going to circle this over to probably one of your main topics in terms of self love. That we always want something from somebody else, but then anytime yourself, myself, or other coaches start talking about self-accountability, self-love, you taking care of yourself, all of a sudden people want to tune out and people want to turn down, people want to scroll by, right? <laughs> because it requires something of you to be with someone who is a good, healthy person. Can you talk about that a little bit more about how to become a better person and how to, um, you know, how to be what you want to attract? Yeah, I want to, I'm going to answer your question first, and then I kind of want to go back to like that development area. We talked about how people yeah. lean to one area. But look, this is the thing. I, I think there's a lot of complaining out here about relationships. But at the end of the day, and I remember even myself, so I'll use myself, I'll be vulnerable. I remember dating someone and talking to my friend about it. And he said, you're the problem. Huh? What do you mean I'm the problem? You're the problem. Think about that. I mean, I was ticked off. I'm like, what does that mean? This person is treating me horribly. You know, they're not right. And then I went back to them. I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, you're the problem because you can solve the problem. You're both the solution and you're the problem because you're allowing that to happen. So what the self-accountability about is, you know, you say this really great. I think you call it victim empowerment. Like mm -hmm. as opposed to being the victim of all these relationships, you know, the self-accountability is recognizing how you can empower yourself, yeah. right? To recognize mm -hmm. how you can be creating or drawing certain people into your life. And I always tell people when you really have self-love, it's not about like, I love myself because I'm so great. It's about like, I recognize my value. Yeah. You know, I don't have to go around telling people it. I know what I bring to the table. It doesn't mean you won't end up dating people that may not be appreciative of what you bring to the table, but you will recognize it quicker. And, and, I, and I coach a lot of people, and I'm sure you do too, Matt, where it's like, it's the most frustrating thing as a coach sometimes when they're like, but I don't feel like I can ask this question, or I don't feel like I can ask for commitment, or I'm afraid. And what that screams to me is a lack of self-love because you're not appreciating who you are and you're putting yourself in victim mode. So then it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. That same person is like, well, I always get treated this way. But again, you're the solution. You're the problem and you're the solution. You can shift that. So that's part of the accountability piece that I don't think people like pay attention to. Like, what's my relationship patterns? 
what keeps happening. I even encourage people to go back to exes and ask them about mm-hmm. the relationship because mm-hmm. typically you'll get a consistency amongst a theme that you bring to a relationship. And I know some people will want to ignore that theme. They will want to say, no, it's the other person. But like if there's two or three people saying something very similar, mm-hmm. it's likely that's a gap or a blind spot for you. Mm-hmm. And that's part of that self-accountability. So you get yeah. back. And here's a shocker for a lot of people is that that's the point of relationships is for learning. It's for growth. Mm-hmm. If you're not someone who's interested in educating self and self-empowerment, education, growth, learning about yourself, relationships may not be for you. No, relationships. Right? Yeah, I think the reason relationships are so hard is because sitting by yourself, it's very easy to say all the wonderful attributes you have because there's no one holding a mirror to you. And I think like the the, the relationship skill set is totally different because you're being challenged constantly on your value system, who you are in a way, right? Your behavior, your, your, how you respond to an argument, how you deal with conflict, how you communicate. So that requires different skill sets, but you can't develop the skill set if you never hold yourself accountable. Right. You never work through the skill set. It's like it's always going to be a lacking skill set for you if you always leave and not deal, you know, with those, those recurring issues that, you know, cause I know, I think a lot of time we know, times we know inside our hearts, we're like, yeah, I'm probably not good at being <laughs> a given person in a relationship or I'm not good. At sh- I kind of just retreat when there's conflict. Like we know ourselves, but sometimes acknowledging it is like, that's that first step to getting past yeah. it and improving it. Take us through that first date or even the first couple of dates. What are some things that people oftentimes see maybe as a red flag that maybe isn't that big of a deal or maybe should be a green flag or vice versa? What are some things that people should be looking for or people should avoid, you know, in those first couple of steps? I think like instant chemistry. Mm -hmm. I don't think chemistry is always instant. I think sometimes... You know, I always use the tortoise that they always say the tortoises when they do the investment commercials, they're like, you want to be like a tortoise. Like it's constantly moving, even though the rabbit's moving faster, it seems the tortoise actually reaches its destination because it's moving at a steady pace. So I think relationships shouldn't start too fast or too slow, but somewhere in the middle. And oftentimes people are like, I'm not feeling anything. There doesn't feel like there's any chemistry. But I think that's normal sometimes because you don't know the person. You need to give yourself time to get to know them. So I think you know, leaning too hard into your emotions and how you're emotionally feeling could be uh, actually a red flag, you know, and, and it actually could be a green flag that the person is being more thoughtful and intentional in how they're pursuing and courting or dating you. Absolutely. I tell people all the time that it's, it's a lot like desserts versus vegetables. Desserts, you're ready to get into it and ready to devour it, but you don't feel really that good about it later on. Sure. When you eat vegetables, it's not as exciting in the beginning but it's a lot more sustainable for a long period of time. I agree. And it's more substantive, right? It's good for you. Absolutely. Uh, And tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, so when we, once we have met someone, once we're kind of gravitating into a relationship, we've talked a lot about compromise and, you know, self-accountability and things like that. What does, and I think a lot of people who follow you and have followed me, both have struggled with toxic relationships in the past. And you might hear things like, I don't even know what a healthy relationship looks like. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things I do is I point out to compromise. 
and oftentimes people don't know where that level of compromise is. What does what does compromise look like? What does you know? Um, what are some elements when it, when it comes to compromise and, and those sort of things in a relationship? I think like there's layers to compromise and I think compromising in a relationship, it depends on the levels, right? I think when you're losing yourself, that's not probably a good sign, right? Or you feel you really can't show up as yourself. But also I think within a relationship, sometimes people are making you aware of yourself. So a healthy compromise could be like, you know what? I just noticed when we communicate, I really would like you to sit and talk to me about it in that moment. Or, you know, I would like you to like come back to it within a certain time frame. I think that's healthy compromise because you guys are learning to find your balance with uh, conflict, you know, resolution. Um, but then I think conflict, I think compromising when it's like your value system or your moral, you know, your moral views, that's different. That, that's, the, that's where I think it could become like, you know, a red flag if it's too extreme. What are some steps for the, for the people who are in the relationship already and they're kind of trying to figure out if this is going to be something that is going to be sustainable for them long term? Maybe they're just a couple of months in. What are some things that maybe they should look at and they should consider whether or not this is something that's going to be, you know, that they should continue? Because I think that we, we forget that in all relationships, we, that honeymoon phase is eventually going to wear down we start to get into that doubting phase where we start to say to ourselves, is this going to work out? We start to wonder, we start to question ourselves. Um, and I don't know how long you've been married and anything like that, but how do we navigate through that part to a point where it's now, you know, we're kind of been out in, in the maintenance phase of that relationship. I, you know, I always tell people like being in a relationship is like owning a car, right? Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> you don't get your oil changed, your engine's going to blow. <laughs> so it's always incrementally building value into that relationship day to day. And there is relationship maintenance. But I think some good signs that you're in a healthy relationship is how the person shows up for you. Like noticing when you're upset and, and not being afraid to lean into it and asking you about it. Um, how they deal with conflict. Are they mature in talking through the conflict? Because I do think that there's different ways that people deal with conflict. Some people need time to process. And I think That's people true. have that and some people want to solve through it so there's a compromise in the middle of that right but i do think people should have rules of engagement when it comes to 100 percent. and I, I tell people to be proactive about the rules of engagement people a lot of times wait until the, the, moment. Of the moment and then all of a sudden you know we already have fireworks at that point and so yeah and so i think like you know what you know another healthy thing is someone talking about you and putting you in future state and what i mean mm -hmm. by that is is they're talking about planning they're talking about including you in the plan and men are very men are very like you know they're not as complicated a lot of times as we think they are they're pretty mm -hmm. direct and they're pretty much like yeah i see this happening or you know if they really care about you and you ask them a question about where things are headed they might get a little nervous i'm not saying they don't but i i think if they're really into you they're going to give you some answer to kind of make you feel like okay i'm i'm in this i think mm -hmm. that's a good sign um, I think it's really common sense, honestly. Um, it, it, it's very, it, it's, it's normal behavior, but sometimes we are just some t somehow in our brain trained to follow abnormal behavior. Yeah. Like when a guy is showing up or a woman is showing up for someone, people are like, why are they so hungry? Why are they so thirsty? 
that's not thirsty. Like they, they're literally trying to show you, I have an interest in you. I'm trying yep. to interact with you. But then when someone's not showing up for us, we come up with like a thousand reasons why they aren't to justify it, which yep. is very backwards, right? But I also think it's because of a lot of TV tropes that teach us that, that, oh, if someone wants you, they might play a little hard to get and you may have to play this game. But I'm here to say like when someone cares about you, it's very clear. It should be yeah. very clear. It should be very transparent. Um, and if it's not, that's not, that's the red flag, actually. The right. green flag is when they're actually giving you indications. Yeah, absolutely. They care about you. And, and, uh, and, but that's also where it's important for us to have boundaries in the beginning, too, because, you know, when you start setting boundaries, you start to see, you know, that whether they care or are they obsessed because we can right, also go into true. that. Yeah. So we can kind of protect ourselves from that. that I thought well. about that as I was saying, I'm like, there yeah. are some people, <laughs> yeah. but you, you'll know, you'll sense that cause it's extreme. I think you'll anything know. extreme too fast is like a sign mm -hmm. that this is not. Yeah, absolutely. Elizabeth, we could talk all day. We'll have to, ha we'll definitely have to have you back on at some point in time, uh, whether or not you are listening on the playback or if you are listening on Spotify or Apple, make sure you guys leave a comment down below. Elizabeth, I'm going to turn it over to you. Let us know where people can can find you at, where they can pick up your book. You know, let us know your social media handles and those sorts of things. Yeah, thank you, first first of all, for having me on the show. For those who were able to tune in live and who will be watching the playback, thank you, too, for, like, spending some time with us. I just think relationships are so important. Even Warren Buffett, one of the most financially successful people, has said, like, the, you know, the second most important decision you can make is who you spend your life with because it affects you emotionally, mentally, financially. But that being said, thank you for tuning in. Um, if you want to learn more about the work I do, you can go to my website at elizabethoverstreet.com. From there, you can learn about, you know, all my social media is there. I've also written a book called Love You and He Will Too, which you can find on Amazon. Um, but again, just, you know, know that you can get the relationship you want, but the first step is believing it. Um, the second step is taking actions, right, to make it happen. And that's the self-love piece that we talked about a lot here in the self-accountability. But it's, it, it's, it's very doable and it's very rewarding, you know, once you figure it out. So... That's amazing. Elizabeth Overstreet, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to watch the replay. Make sure you comment down below. Make sure you guys go to Spotify and make sure you guys let us know uh, the, some of the takeaways that you took away from the show. Um, thank you to my guest, Elizabeth. Thank you guys for who, who are tuning in live and for those of you who are watching the playback. With all that being said, you guys have a great rest of the evening. Dream big, pop a song we dream big, cause all we take with us is